When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good evening once again. It is Thursday. We are hanging and banging. Artist on lockdown. I am Ron Onesti here in rock and roll heaven, St. Charles, Illinois, just outside of Chicago at the Arcata Theater with my two brothers on our weekly show where we feature some of the biggest names in rock and roll. So let me bring my first brother to the microphone. You know him from Dio. You know him from Last in Line. You know him from Black Sabbath. Vinny Apice, my brother. What's up? <laughs> How you doing? My brother. My uh, good, good. Hey, uh, are we what do you gotta, think look? Seriously, what do you, we, you think this is a good look this week? Are we having a dress code now? Like, a, well, you gotta. Uh, you like you the, bust my chops every weekend about the t-shirt thing. So, uh, and then Steve and Carmen said, you know, you gotta dress it up a little bit. So, look, I, I've got. I'm, it's like I'm going to a funeral. I got the grays on, but still. <laughs> that is something else. That jacket. Wow, is that? Wow. I, got my, I I have my shirt, and this one I have a, an official. Concert shirt, look at Kings of Rock and Roll, but I'm not as for Ario for for Dave, but I, I didn't wear it because I want to step it up a little bit, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, actually, it looks good. You should maybe do this every week, maybe. <laughs> Thank you. I might do that. Maybe. I have, maybe. I thing. Actually, I might step it up next week if I'm going down this road. I'm gonna start doing a Liberace thing. I got some cool stuff. So today, today shows like the Sun Sons of Italy, right? You know what? With you guys, everybody's Italian. Sons of Italy. Huh? With you guys, with you and Carm, it's always the Sons of Italy. But we got to find Ooh. out because I know Amato is. But Lombardo, I'm going to talk to him because I know he's got his Cuban roots. I don't know if there's some Italian in there. So we got to talk about that. Yeah, there might be some Italian in there. There's got to be. Well, let's bring our big brother onto the stage. Uh, so excited to see him. Uh, let's see what hat he's wearing this week. You know, from Vanilla Fudge, you know, from everything else. Take it off. Hey, where'd the hat go? <laughs> I just got the wig. Yeah, that's a yeah. wig. Come on. Yeah, right. No, it's the, here's my hat. That's nice. You look yeah. like, uh, who's the guy? Um, that, Jack. No, the guy who produced all the TV shows. What's his name? Uh, uh, not Lauren Michaels. I'm thinking of the other guy. Um I'll think of it. He's got the hat just like that. I can't find the gray one. I did an ad for this particular show with the gray one two nights ago. Last I saw it was on top of my focus rights here, and now I can't find it 
anywhere. I looked in the car. There it is. On, everything. It's on the symbol. It's behind you on the symbol. Oh, my God. <laughs> he looked. <laughs> hey, hey, I look anywhere for that. I look, it's I so look funny. Everywhere for that. Here it is. Here, here it is. Yeah. There, it, there it is. And look at Vinny's got a nice new jacket on. Look at that. Look at that. Wow. Is that new? Is that new? No, I, I wore this once before. You know what? It's freezing in my house, believe it or not. Oh, really? Well, what's freezing in your house? 78? No, it's cold in here. It's today, the wind's blowing like crazy, and all of a sudden it got cold again. So. Oh, sorry, guys. 80 cold. degrees down here today. Well, we'll nice. get that. We'll get to that. Nice. Every day, 80 degrees, man. Nice. Yes. Betty Ann. Neil Simon. That's what I was talking about. You look like Neil oh, Simon Neil with Simon. that hat. Oh, Neil Simon. Thanks, Thank, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, bro. Well, everybody, we got, we, got a, we got a great show as we do. Every, I think it's week 38 now. I got to keep track of this stuff. I don't know. It's hey, just Rob, so maybe you should unbutton one more button. You know, let the hair <laughs> Oh, it slipped. <laughs> Will you? Right. One no more down what, here, buddy. No oh, matter man. what, you freaking bust my what onions. A little week. hair stick out, you know. I mean, I, I dressed I dress down today. I wore a T-shirt. Yeah, he's all dressed up. It's yeah. not the hairs I'm worried about busting out of my shirt right now. I'll be you honest. know my gold records are missing on the wall. What happened? I had to put up a black scrim so I could do my cactus videos yesterday. Ah, cactus. So, Chill out. Yeah. Not a yeah, green black. screen? Yeah, black, green, green screen. or white is what they want. So. We were so close to having a cactus show, man. You're killing me, Carmen. We're coming Kermit. back. We're coming back. We're yeah. going to do it. Well, the album's coming out April 2nd, so... We're going to be doing stuff. No, uh, well, here's the thing, guys. We've got uh, just a uh, no Norman Lear, not Neil Simon. Norman Lear. That's yeah, Norman oh, Lear. That's, that's right. Oh, oh, that, oh yeah, Norman Lear. All right. Yeah, does, he have, so. does he have red hair like that? Purple hair. I, don't, I hope nobody Look, has. My hair matches my shirt. See. That's really funny. That's he actually used white out to get the white out of there. Yeah. Right. All right. Anyway, big show tonight, guys. Everybody, we got Bill, we got Paul, Cosmo, Betty, Michael. I mean, uh, everybody that's been uh, supporting the show every week. Thank you so much. At the yeah. end of the show, don't forget, we oh, are going to oh. yes, a couple of questions uh, from the audience. So just put it on the chat. And uh, if it's a good question, we'll ask it. So big show tonight. Two guys, uh, just, again, legends of rock and roll. You know, our first guest, you know him from Slayer, you know him from Misfits, you know him from so many other projects. Uh, a really cool guy. Again, thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to do these things because I get to meet my heroes and these uh -huh. legends. Let's bring Dave Lombardo out to the microphone. Yay, Davey. So Dave, that's Dave. the question. That's the question. Dave's in What's the that? dark there, look. Yeah, oh, man. Black. Hey, we don't know black, man. What's behind there? <laughs> Dave, is, Dave is in the black. Dave, is, is your entire existence like black and, you know, just just everything from the misfits to the <laughs> background is all like, you know, you know, darkness seems to follow me and, and <laughs> I embrace it. it. I'm okay. You go from okay with thrash that. metal to thrash background. I don't know what that is. You, you Dave know what? Had a, I, Dave I had, what's that? It's if you had a turtleneck on, all you'd be able to see is a head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the question yeah. Dave, is i mean you know music sure that's important whatever slayer whatever misfits okay the main question the most important question hold on hold on drum roll drum, drum roll. roll hold on, hold on. Yeah. Important question. are you italian 
Uh, yes, I'm part okay. Italian. Wait, hold, let me explain. Let me explain something. Let me explain. Something. <laughs> I know my you got two. Yes. Well, my grandfather, my grandfather was born on a ship in about in around 1859. He was born wow. uh, uh, on a ship on the way from from uh, from Italy to Cuba. But what happened? What's what's interesting uh, is that the first port. Now I've. I've realized, and after asking so many questions and and diving into to the last name and the history of the family, uh, he was born on the ship, and the first port was uh, Puerto Rico. That, so that made him Puerto Rican when he was born. But he was uh, oh, wow. born from a French mother, uh, last name Mestayer. And I, that name is very uh, it's it's not a common uh, uh, French name. Uh, but she was French and, uh, father was Italian Lombardo. And, but, you know, since he was born on the ship and the first port was Puerto Rico, that made him Puerto Rican. But then they kept going on the ship, uh, to, to Cuba. And my father was, uh, was all my uncles on, on my father's, uh, my grandfather and the paternal side were all born in Cuba, including my sister, my, my aunt. And, uh, so on paternal side it's french italian and then on maternal is spaniard uh so yes wow. I'm, I'm a little combination so you're I a just bit did of a one mutt. of those yeah i'm a mutt you know <laughs> um, not so, tonight not tonight tonight no right you're yeah. italian you're one of oh, us tonight i'm italian i know amongst amongst <laughs> italians it's like ah oh, you're an italian what the heck are you talking about so, you know what are we, you're not cuban you're italian <laughs> We've got right, another right. great Italian American that we're going to bring. I, I hope I didn't check, but a model. Come on, wouldn't even know, right? Let's check. Since 1989, has been with Ario Speedway, and again, another one of my favorite bands. It's exciting to bring him, coolest guy, rock and roll legend, guitarist, right here, Dave Amato. Come on, Dave. Hey, hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. And I'm Puerto Rican. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm 100 percent Italian. Come on, hey, we're, and we're Come both on. from Ventura. That's right. Yeah, we just found that out today. That's awesome. A little town in Italy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, thank you guys for joining us tonight. Very excited. Each week, uh, I get to, to to hang with those two legends up there, Vinny and Carmine, and it's just uh, exciting to see you guys. Um, Real quick here, uh, Dave, uh, start us off. I mean, what's this which, whole? Which Dave? Which Dave? Dave. Oh, point. <laughs> Yeah, right. Mr. 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 You know what? Any Dave that happens to want to answer this, what have you guys been doing uh, during the pandemic? Are you recording? Are you writing? What you been up to? Uh, Dave A or Dave L? Dave L. <laughs> okay. Oh, Dave L. Dave L. Okay. Uh, yeah, just um, I set up I, – I moved to Ventura uh, approximately two years ago. And, uh, and I wanted to get into a house where I can set up a studio, set up some drums. And, um, yeah. and fortunately, pandemic hit and made me just focus on everything, you know, all drums and recording here at, at home. And I've been able to uh, knock out some projects. I worked, I did a song for uh, Ice-T. That was the first song I did here. Uh, which was a remake of Colors. Uh, and uh, let's see what else. Uh, 
I worked on this really bizarre project, uh, Satanic Planet. Uh, so it, there's been a lot of productivity, which I'm, I'm really fortunate and happy, you know, that things have been still, even with this pandemic, you know, I've been able to stay busy and productive. Yeah. How about you, Mr. Amato? No, we we've, haven't been doing anything, really. You know, um, uh, Bruce Hall, the bass player, lives in Orlando. There you go, Carmine, in Florida. Yeah, yeah that's me. And then uh, uh, Neil, keyboard player, he's in Minnesota, freezing to death. But um, we – Yeah, exactly. Um, no, we, we haven't been doing really anything. I haven't really seen the guys in a year. We've just been, been shut down and uh, – you know, lockdown. Lock there you go. Yeah, and, and, and Dave, Dave Amato didn't build a studio in his house. So no, I didn't. We, we already went through that on the phone call when I talked to him. didn't do it, no. Yeah. I know Ario is such a, I mean, usually seven to nine months out of the year touring. So this has got to really been nuts for you guys. We, we tour all, all year. I mean, it's been, well, I've been in the band for 32 years and I've never missed a year. We just go, and we just don't do it for the summer. We go like from January to December. We just, you know, have, wow. have a little breaks here and there, but we just go constant. It's been, uh, That's the way it should be. Yeah, right. I know. I know. Hey, Dave, just... hey, Dave, uh, Dave hey, it looks like you need to organize that room a little bit. Clean oh, no, it's it up. kind of messy, huh? I know. Amp <laughs> <laughs> all over the place. And I know. I see a guitar you know, hanging out. Today, I, today I talked to Brad Gillis. Oh, did you? I love that. And he sent me a picture of his of his studio. He's got amps everywhere. He's at this wall, on that wall, on that wall. He says, I got 120 guitars. I said, who's Man, that? Who Brad, Gillis. Brad Gillis. Oh, yeah, so oh shit. He's going he's gonna to do the show, but unfortunately, he's got a problem with his rotator cuff, and we all know oh, really? that, right? Yeah. Oh, God. Well, yeah. I, I counted the other. I think I'm up to about 160. Oh my wow. God! Really? Seriously? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, you're really into uh, into vintage guitars, right, Dave? Yeah. Yeah, I like, like a lot of vintage stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. how many drums do you have, Dave? You, have <laughs> you know drums? what? Unfortunately, well, I have. Uh, I don't have many. I've two. Uh, storage units at two different times in my periods in my life were broken into. So oh, I think man. probably five, oh, six drum kits wow. out of the first uh, oh, uh, storage unit wow. were stolen. It was cleaned out, everything, road wow. cases. Wow. And uh, Slayer's uh, rehearsal uh, room that we were at in Riverside was broken into and Everything was stolen. All my classic oh, drum man. sets. Everything. Oh, yeah, so I'm slowly building everything up again and wow. trying to piece together some of my old classic kits from, you know, uh, yeah. kits that I see online that are, you know, similar. I have, a, uh, okay. I have, a, I have 160 pairs of drumsticks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have mallets. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh man! What about you, Vin? What do you, how many you got, Vinny? I don't know. I got one in the in the studio room, and then the rest are in the garage. Well, there's a couple back here. The rest are in the garage and cases, which I can't take them down. It's just a waste. They're all yeah. sitting there. Now, what's the oldest? Like, what, <laughs> like your first drums or close to it? 
Un unfortunately, a long time ago, I sold a kit I used on Holy Diver. Ooh. You know, so yeah, it wasn't such a classic thing back then. So yeah, yeah, well, yeah it's his son's playing drums. I'll sell you the kit. I should have kept it. You know, that was a sure. yeah, like part me. Of rock. The, you keep me hanging on. The first kit I had on Ed Sullivan's show, I gave it to Vinny. And then, and then he destroyed wow. it. Wow. Oh. <laughs> not, not from playing. Not from playing. Listen Palmine to the had maple, maple drums. You got the maple drums, right? And he gave me these. That was Gretsch, right? That was the Gretsch, yeah, yeah. So I thought, well, I want the I want the maple drums, too. So maybe if I rip the, uh, what Sparkle. do you call it? The Sparkle. wrap. Yeah, the wrap. Sparkling off. off. Yeah, I can refinish them and stuff. So I thought that was a good idea, and I started ripping the thing <laughs> Oh, <off>. no. <laughs> Chunks of wood were coming off with it. Like, I was going, oh, oh. shit. And then yeah. uh, it was so bad, I had to, like, go to the store. <laughs> I just bought some vinyl. I don't know why. Oh. And I covered it. I ruined the whole kit. It was terrible. Oh. You know, I wanted to know, I'm, I'm not, my dad was a drummer. I'm not a drummer. But the whole double bass thing really, like, fascinates me. How does that, you know, how does that happen? Is that something you set out to do? Is that something you've got to really, I mean, that is amazing how that whole coordination. Um, how does, what's the evolution of a double bass player? Well, Louis Belson started it back in the 40s. And uh, in my day, it was uh, me, Ginger Baker, and Keith Moon were the guys that had double bass drum. And when I got double wow. bass drum, I just did what I did with my hi-hat on my bass drum, you know, which ended That's up what I did too. Things. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then the generations after me, like Dave and all these other guys, and the guys today are ridiculous with the double bass drum. I mean, yeah. I, I got this band, I'm, I'm, I'm co-producing. This guy's feet are like, and, and yeah. in between that, he'll go like, brr, brr, crazy. How do you do that yeah. stuff? <laughs> I don't know, yeah. but that's how it started. And Louis Belson started it. Wow. Yeah. And, and, uh, how about you, Dave? Is that yeah. uh, pretty much how it, you learned from the Ex elders? Yeah, it, exactly. Uh, I, I was inspired by uh, Filthy Animal from Motorhead. Wow. Uh, right. Uh, right. When I heard, when I heard uh, one of the songs on their live <laughs> No Sleep Till Hammersmith album, it just blew my mind. And I felt uh, like, wow, I, this is where I want to go. I, I was a big fan of certain drum patterns that incorporated the the bass drum and the hi-hat and i can't uh, explain it but uh and and all i and i and i figured those patterns out because i'm self-taught but then later when i got my drum my extra bass drum i brought in uh, i used the bass drum instead of the hi-hat to create the the double bass pattern, and then it just went right. from there. Wow! Um, I got to I gotta leave now. Yeah, I, I know. Gotta leave now. <laughs> Why? No, <laughs> I'm one bass drum. One bass drum. He's feeling well, inferior still... right now. He's, he's <laughs> suffering from double bass envy right now. <laughs> oh, no, I tried it. I tried it a long time ago. I put two bass drums up, and then I figured, ah, you know what? Uh, doesn't fit in the car that well. So. <laughs> no, it doesn't. That's the reason. Okay. I stick with the one bass drum. You know, my, my kit that I normally use, I sold my car in L.A. when I sold my house to one of my roadies. And that drum kit of mine fits right in that one car. It was, a, it was an Altima. It was a big car. Mm -hmm. I put the two bass drums in the back seat. 
the snare drum and the floor tom and the front seat and everything else in the trunk. I've done that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> We've been doing it. We've been See? doing interviews for this new Sabbath stuff coming out, remastered and and all this. And Tony's been telling a story of when I joined the band and it was nineteen eighty. Uh, I met Tony the night before and he we hit it off. So I went down said, come down to rehearsal. We'll meet the rest of the band. Yeah. So I go down to SIR on Sunset, and I bring my four toms, uh, concert toms, so they're even smaller looking, but one bass drum and three cymbals. <laughs> and I go down to SIR. Tony's got four stacks, and Geezer's got four stacks. <laughs> they set this little kid up, and Tony was like, like all nervous that, oh, my God, this kid, it's tiny, you know? They asked me if I'd play double bass. I said, no. We only had four days to rehearse, so we went and played this big stadium gig in Hawaii wow. with the giant amps and this little bitty kit. You know, the, <laughs> it fit in my – I had a 67 Mustang. It fit in the car. Actually, there was room for more stuff that was so small, you know. <laughs> Concert times, you can go double up on them. But uh, wow. and then eventually I added aerial toms and more toms, and more floor toms and giant. Yeah. Yeah. What about what about Dave Amato? What do you fit in your car? Do you ever take your amps in your car? Oh my god! <laughs> I, I, I couldn't. I need a semi. Yeah, like <laughs> eBay. Yeah. I have about a hundred amp. I, I collect Marshall amplifiers too. I have over a hundred Marshall amplifiers. Oh my oh god! god. You got to call Brad. See, yeah, I know. You guys are the same. Oh my god! I told you, God, we we wanted to trade some stuff before a lot years ago. You know? oh, you did. He didn't want to get rid of anything, you know. Yeah. Which, yeah. Uh, where, do you, where do you store that? Where yeah. do you store all that? Uh, mates, mate storage. Oh, mates. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh okay. In, uh, in the valley. Yeah. In the valley. Bobby and mates. Yeah. That's Bobby. That's right. Bobby. Yeah, we, yeah. we were there. We Bobby. were there when they started, like 1983. Yeah, Bobby. Right, Vinny? 80, 83. Yeah. I was there. Yeah. 83, 84. Yeah. Yeah. When Actually, you were, Tom, when you were with Ted. You suggested uh, he opened mates and it was just a rehearsal place. And Carmine suggested you should be doing cartage too. You know, <laughs> right. diversify your business. Right. And to this day, Bobby goes, man, I got to thank your brother all the time. You know? <laughs> yeah. Big cartage business. Yeah, a lot of trucks. Yeah, there's Big guy. I influence people I don't even know I'm influencing. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> little funny. Funny. I, I don't remember yeah. that. I don't even remember that. But I, yeah, I yeah. Bobby know. always goes, man, your oh. brother. Good thing your brother told me to do that. Yeah, because he's a oh. big cartage. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Now he is. What is your prize amp, Dave? Uh, well, well, we know it's we know it's Dave Amato. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'd be funny if Lombardo answered that question. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I use like the mid '80s. I, I like these uh, Marshall, like right in the middle, right the mid '80s amps. But I collect the, the plexis, like from the '60s, like Carmine knows, you know, where it all came from. You know, the Jeff Beck and, and uh, well, you know, with Vanilla Fudge, Vinnie Martell had. A Marshall amp with six tens in it. Yeah, six tens. And it was shaped wow. like this, you know, it had like a triangle shape on the front. You've got three of them. You got three of them. They're eight tens. They're eight tens. Two, four, oh, six. Eight ten. Oh, I thought it was six. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Man, they're trebly. Oh man, are they trebly? I bet. Are I they twelve? The tens, right? Six tens. Tens. Yeah. yeah. I thought. Yeah. Rip your skull off. <laughs> wow. 
Hey, Mr. Lombardo, you know, by the way, Vinny or Oh, that was nice, Dave. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Ron, that was that was yeah. good. Mr. Lombardo. Especially yeah, a man in a in a nice suit. You know, he's like Mr. Lombardo. A Pretty soon he'll go, sir, sir. He'll be going, sir. Yeah. Well, you know, note to production. Let's not multiple name people only uh, on these shows. Mr. Lombardo. Um Yes, sir. Wow. Yes, thank you very much. Um you know, obviously, we were talking a little bit about the roots earlier, but you know, obviously, your Latin roots. Um, how much of that do you think has an effect on the way you play, or if at all? Um, with uh, immensely, when it comes to my drum rolls and syncopation, uh, you know, doing these drum rolls uh, that end with a syncopated end, uh, mm -hmm. it, it's it definitely helps understanding uh, patterns. And um, feeling music, uh, I think it's helped me a lot because, you know, those, those Afro-Cuban drum rhythms are very complex. Yeah. So being exposed to those at a young age, I was able to decipher uh, rock and roll music very, very easily. So, and, and I was able to, to play along to rock music and, and learn from the classic, you know, drummers. Uh, um, and it, it's, it's, it's very helpful. And I would recommend any student uh -huh. upcoming, uh, uh, drummer to learn hand percussion, uh, cause that is the roots of rhythm, you know, right there. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, it, it very, it's very important and essential, I think to all drummers, it just takes you out of the basic four, four, uh, yeah. approach. They say that it makes you a little more creative, more resourceful to, to understand that. Yeah, have you, you, know, you, yeah, you have a lot to pick from. Yeah. I have a question for Mr. Lombardo. Oh. <laughs> what room are you in? What room in your house are you in? I'm in the black my room. monitor room. In the studio. Are you in the studio? It's black behind you? It's black behind you? Yes, it's yes. A, it's oh, my... wow, okay. I think I see yeah, a guitar guy, there. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's, guy, making, guy. he's making me feel better because the guitar's behind him. There's a drum yeah. And yeah, actually, it's my wife's guitar. It's, uh, it, it's a it's a classical uh, oh, nice. guitar, Madeira, Madeira. Guitar. Madeira. Okay. I felt yeah. a little out, outnumbered here because three drummers and me. I know. So, no, thanks, no, no, no. we have we're we're representing you here. Thanks, Mr. Amato. Mr. Amato. Yes, um, Mr. Amato. <laughs> Mr. Amato. Oh my God! An attorney here taking notes and taking uh, depositions. Um, <laughs> Mr. Amato. Um, so, yes, one of uh, I mean, one of my personal uh, favorite guitarists, also uh, Gary Richrath. He leaves the band '89. You come in. Um, he had a very distinctive, obviously, way of playing. Did you feel? I mean, did you did you did you try to kind of acclimate yourself to? The way he was doing it, did you try to bring in your own creativity, your own your own perspective? Yeah, I, I tried, you know, to honor the, uh, you know, the, the some of the uh, uh, solos he, you know, he did the iconic solos. You know, if I, like I can't fight this feeling, if if I did it my own way or something, they'd be going like they'd be throwing right. throwing uh, rocks at me or something, you know. So yeah, I, I just try to, um, you know, honor him. And there's a couple of songs like. Uh, Back in the road, which is Bruce Hall's song, I can stretch out a little bit and you know be me. So I just kind of finessed it that way. It wasn't really difficult for me. Just you know, as long as I respected 
you know some of the iconic solos and and uh, and of course I I, I was for the band because I did have Les Pauls and Marshalls which he used and and that's the kind of the signature sound I did mm-hmm. try when I first joined try to you know because I I would play strats too Fender strats and you you, know, you try to put a strat on one of those ario songs it just sometimes it just doesn't work you know the stretching of it you know well a question they Mr. Yeah. Romano, how many guitars <laughs> did you have back then when you joined? One. Uh, no. No, he Two. had some 1950s pieces. <laughs> I had a, yeah. Yep. Well, I started really collecting it like 89 when I joined ARA. Really collecting oh, okay. New Les Pauls, some new Strats, Tellys, you know, maybe a dozen, maybe. Probably, probably a dozen from Nugent. Well, I was, I had a, you know, Nugent. Yeah, now's my next question. How was it playing with Nugent? Yeah, I loved it live. Well, you did uh, you? I know. I know. What a fun man. Huh? What oh, a guy. Yeah. Talking about double bass, the first drummer I played with Nugent, we played the Texas champ, Tommy Aldrich. Talk right. about, oh, yeah. About oh, yeah. Going, man, that guy had, you know. Yeah. That was after I played with him, I think. Yeah, 85. Yeah, yeah, my, I played with him '82, and that was great because you know it was like for me it was perfect tempos for double bass drum. You know, right? Turn rock, turn on, jiggy, 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 jiggy. <laughs> That's yeah. it, right? That's awesome. Awesome. But you know, when you you're playing with Nugent, you go from Nugent to like Cher. I mean, you know, it, was it was it you went on tour with her? Was it very different? I mean, <laughs> in, in its team. Oh you, yeah, right. Totally. Uh, yeah, you know, I, are you ta- are you talking to me? No. <laughs> <laughs> right. I can just see Vinny playing with Cher. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it wasn't very. Uh, you know, it wasn't very hard, really. You know, um, she was she was going out with Richie Sambora at, at the time, so it was it was lean more rock, wow. you know, because she, she was going out with him, so. And I then, didn't even know. I didn't even know she went out with him. I knew she went out with Les Dudak. Yeah, Richie. So oh. Richie, Richie used to hang. And then she married. Did she marry Gene Simmons too? I don't Who know. Did she married Ron. I, I thought I she married Vinny for about twenty minutes. Uh, I, no, I thought she married Gene <laughs> Simmons. Just went then I played in her band. She oh. divorced me. <laughs> <laughs> I think she just went out with him. I think. Yeah, I, yeah. She didn't marry him. Yeah. Maybe she went out with him. Yeah. Yeah, and then, I remember Les Dudak pulling up to the motorcycle with Cher on the back at the record plant. Okay. In L.A., you know. Well, Vinny, she heard you were a hard painter, and then she found out you were talking. She was talking about drums, and that kind of messed up. Uh, hey, one of my original websites said, Vinny Apathy, one of the loudest drummers in rock. Right. No love songs. No unplugged shit. No uh, acapella. No ballads. No ballads. No problem. And Carmine said, no work. <laughs> <laughs> that's before that's before he got See that oh my god wow real quick mr amato about about the rich rat thing you know one of my favorite things is the live album with that flying turkey trot do you is that part of any of your repertoires no we don't do no i didn't do turkey oh, trot. no that's kind of sacred you know that's that's for yeah, gary you know i i don't i don't want to touch that you know <laughs> i kind of figured that would that would be it um Miss, I got to do this Mister thing. This is oh, this is awesome! <laughs> and you know what? It says Don Onesti. It says Don. Yeah, Ron Onesti should be Don Onesti. Yeah, Don. Hey Ron, are you selling those jackets at merch? 
You know, why you bust? I'm getting, I'm getting emails right now. They want to buy that jacket, a couple of people. So, okay, now here's the thing. I'm going to tell you, I thank you. It doesn't come in brown or whatever. The, All right, whatever so wait, here. I don't know if you could. Here, so let me get it. This is custom made, okay, by my father who passed away nine years ago. Today is his oh. birthday. Oh, okay. wow. My dad nice was a tailor from Italy, and he made the jacket, the shirt. He made the shirt. So in his honor, I've got So happy, happy birthday, okay, happy Mr. Birthday. Onesti. That's okay. right. Hey, guys, we'll be right back after a few messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to our Hanging and Banging podcast. I'm Ron Onesti here with Vinny Apice and, of course, the legendary Carmine Apice. Now, you've had three departures from Slayer for various reasons, but one of the reasons I thought was kind of cool is the fact that you yeah. wanted to be with your firstborn child. Yeah. That, that, yeah, those that kinds was, of things come and play with music. I mean, that's, that's like respect right there, buddy. Who does that? Well, that was, yeah, that was back in 91 before, mm -hmm. you know, you know, being a rock star and a father was cool, you know. And uh, <laughs> I, I got a lot of heat from band members, you know. And, and um, but, you know, I stuck to my guns and it was important. And, uh, you know, I'm glad I did because that that little boy and I are our yeah. best friends, and uh, yeah. as well right. as all you know, all three of my kids. You know, we we have very good uh, you know conversations. We keep tabs on each other, and uh, so even though they're all grown up, I mean that my son, he's he's going to be now 28. Wow, uh, you know, 27 or 28. And my youngest, uh, my daughter, she's uh, she's going to be 21 this year. So, yeah. Any, yeah, so any of happened. them play music? Any of them into uh, music? They play. My my oldest son, he's a engineer uh, for TV shows for the production company for Viacom. Have you heard of Viacom? Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Yeah. So he works for them, awesome. and he does a lot of uh, you know. Uh, mixing on the side you know for his brother's band my my second oldest son he plays drums and plays piano but oh, cool. he also as you guys everybody knows the music industry is difficult to tap into and so yeah. he's uh he's really good at business and now he's uh he manages and runs the west la uh, guitar center so he, oh, he works nice, there nice. and so he's doing really well and my my daughter she's a vet tech veterinarian technician uh, <laughs> yeah you talk, uh, that's awesome that's yeah awesome. so they're, they're, they're doing good considering their fathers in in death metal black metal and whatever thrash <laughs> metal band <laughs> you're the thrash dad yeah and, and darkness always seems to follow me what, what happened what, what happened when you when when your kids were in school and you had to go like for parents day up there and go, this is my dad. He plays with Slayer. You yeah, know, no. I, I lived in a, you know, out in the high desert. And so people, where'd really, you live? Where'd you live? Uh, up in uh, Victorville, Apple Valley oh, area. Uh, I, I lived in Palmdale for a while. Okay. So you were at the opposite. The, the yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I really, I was very inconspicuous. Uh, I never really, you know, talked much or flaunted or anything like that. I was very low key. And Nobody uh, recognized you ever, the teachers or not really. some of the parents? No. no, not really. Lucky. No, I know. That's lucky. That's lucky. <laughs> well, I've changed a lot. Down. You know, I but you would think the dad. kid, you think, you think the kids would say, yeah, my dad plays with Slayer and they were proud of you. You know, like my kids used yeah. to do that all the time. 
Anyway, going to the school, I was always 20 years older than the other. The yeah. other you know, that, that well, was 20 you, years older than the other parents, you know. Well, you know what? Well, it's that, funny. It might have worked out for you a little better than me because, you know, Slayer had a very dark undertone. Yeah. And so anything having to do in this very, uh, you know, Christian, you know, world, yeah. you know, you know, you kind of kept it quiet. Yeah. But if you had the choice, you think about it, if you had the choice of bringing, you know, your dad from Slayer or your dad from Vanilla Fudge, what would work better, right? No, well, Vanilla Fudge, no, no, it wasn't Fudge. Vanilla Fudge. It was, it was King Cobra, cactus. Blue Murder, you know, oh, Cactus. Vanilla you know. Fudge, they think he's from Baskin and Robbins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. hey, I went to church a long time ago in uh, Sherman Oaks. And my wife at the time introduced me. We the priest was outside. He goes, Vinny, this is Vin Vinny. And he goes, Oh, Vincent, what do you do? I said, I play with Black Sabbath. And he's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you out. Yeah. Ceiling's yeah. coming down. You know, one of the I have a question. I have oh, a question please, for you, Vinny. Um, what's that back? Yeah. I, I remember seeing Dio. I just want to know it. I'm sure I know it was you on drums. Uh, uh, but I just want a confirmation. I saw Dio play uh, uh, Long Beach Arena, and I, I, I can't remember if Fastway yeah. was opening up. Was that you? Yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. fantastic. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> I just Why needed a confirmation on that. No, it was fantastic. I'll never yeah, forget back it because then, I, I said to place, myself, yeah. I said to myself at the time, I, I – I, I'm going to be on that stage one day. I'm going to play, you know, <laughs> you know cool. on stage like that. So it was a bit <laughs> inspiring. So. We might have played the, some festivals together, you know, in Europe or um, something. I kind of remember. If, uh, I, I don't remember, but I, I just I remember, remember seeing that show, that Dio show. And, and yeah. you know, I'll, I'll never forget it because uh, Dio went up and did his, you know, his little horns yeah. going like oh, yeah. that up to – where I was sitting yeah. in the low seats. So I was uh, I was inspired. Did you ever play Long Beach uh, Arena? Thank you. Did you ever play there? Yes. Yes. I, I played, played there, there once, only yeah. once. I played there once with BBA in my life, only once. Ah, that was a cool yeah, place. One time for me. Yeah, it was a cool place. Yeah. I remember going no there more. one time to see, remember the group Angel? Yeah. yeah. Yes. They were like, they had all the theatrics. And I went with Paul Stanley. Uh, he came wow. to my, I had, a, I had a big old Jaguar at the time. We pulled in the back. And I went with Paul, and it was really a funny day because we, me and Paul were out, and that's when they used to wear the makeup. So nobody knew, you know, what he looked like. And I was playing with Rod Stewart and all those big videos and stuff. So we're sitting in the aisle and in the in the row, and there's a whole bunch of fans over there pointing to us, thinking, you know, pointing to us. I'm going, oh, man, they recognize Paul. And they all came over to me for an autograph. They didn't even know who Paul was. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Yeah. That's that awesome. Was that was hilarious. Mr. Amato. I, mean, I, oh. I, mean, I was going to ask Carmine. Yeah, we played a lot of gigs when I was with Nugent with Blue, um, your, your, your band, Blue Murder. Didn't we? <laughs> King Cobra. King Cobra. King Cobra. That's right. Yeah, King I, Cobra. Yeah, we did King Cobra. Yeah, together. We did a lot of, yeah. lot, lot of stuff together. Yeah, yeah, we did a lot with the New Japan. I know. I love, I love Ted. Ted is such a character. He's such a good guy. Oh, still he's is. Been on, he's been on this show two two times already. Oh, has and, he? Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, like, like, yeah, he calls me even my birthday. I call him on his birthday. 
I told him I, I, I bought it. We bought a couple of pistols down here. You know, he's like, oh, he, he's on the phone telling me what to buy. You know, he's, he's just a good guy. He's a good guy. He's you know, doing like, he's an auction. He's selling like cars and guitars and guns and. Oh, you know, he's, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's crazier than yeah. he's ever been, really. He's totally yeah. lucky, I think. Hey, Carmine, I mean, didn't you eat. Uh, didn't you eat a buffalo burger at his house? I did. Oh, this is a horrible story. Ah. You know, oh, first of all, Ted said, <laughs> I was staying at Ted's house, the little farm he had in Michigan. Yeah, yeah. I was he had the rehearsal place in the, in the garage. Like, the garage, yeah. In the warehouse, in the warehouse, whatever it was outside. Yeah. And, you know, and you sleep in, I slept at his, at his house. I don't know if you slept at his house. On the couch. On the couch in the room with all the heads. With all the yes. Right? I woke up at three in the morning feeling like somebody's looking at me. And I look up at all the heads of all the animals, all the eyes. Yes. So I said to Ted uh, the night before I went to bed, he said, well, I'm going to get up early and go hunting. I said, oh, maybe I'll go with you. He goes, well, let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to get up at five in the morning. I'm going to be in outside the house by about six. I'm going to bury myself in a bunch of wet leaves and wait for the deer to come. I might have to wait two hours. And he had that beautiful uh, girl, Pele. Yes. Uh, his girlfriend. Yep. yep. Uh -huh. I said, you know what? I think I'll stay home and have breakfast with Pele. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I'll <laughs> and then that night, she served burgers, you know? And I took a bite and I said, whoa, this looks really well done, you know? It's like really dark. I said, well, it's really well done. She goes, oh, no, that's not beef burger. That's a buffalo burger. And oh, you know what? Yeah. I have a big buffalo head over the dining room. Uh, it was, it was from that? And I look, is that it? He goes, oh, no, Ted says, no, that was, that's old. This is fresh. I know, the I burger by him. <laughs> I can eat it. You're having a burger that's attached. I couldn't do that. Yeah. You know, one of the guys that we've, um, I couldn't. One of the no. guys here at the Arcata that we love, you know, very, very much played here all the time. I actually did a backstage cooking segment with him. It was oh, with, yeah. uh, one of our favorite guys, Eddie Money. So Dave, oh, yeah. He yeah. Was, uh, tribute Eddie. show. And uh, can, tell me about that, because that, I didn't see that. It must have been uh, an incredible night. Oh, it, it, yeah, we did it, what, last, uh, was it last February, year? A year ago. January? Yeah. February. Uh, I didn't even know about it. I would have come. Yeah, we played it here right in Thousand Oaks, uh, like Civic Center over here oh, wow. in uh, Ventura, Dave in Ventura. Yeah, yeah. he lived there. It, it, it was it was incredible. I mean, he he came on and we did uh, two tickets to Paradise, I think, a couple of a couple of his songs and 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 he sang and his his daughter sang and and um, it, it was just a great night. Um, who else was there? Uh, Richard Marks. Richard Marks yeah. came up with us. You know, we oh, learned yeah. a couple of Richard Marks songs. <laughs> we were kind of the, the band, you know, and Richard just came and sang. Amazing voice. And, and it was just a, just a brilliant night for, for Eddie, you know. You we, know, we when, Eddie, when Eddie did his first album, he did it with Andy Johns. Right? Yeah, okay. And he did it at Cherokee Studios after we did it with Rod. In other words, we'd work from Rod from 12 to 8 or 10. And then Eddie would come in afterwards, <laughs> and, and he would work with, with Andy and Two Tickets to Paradise. All those songs were recorded at that point, you know? Wow. And Eddie was like a New York guy. He, we'd come up with, hey, come on, what are you doing? Hey, Eddie, that's like, that's <laughs> <laughs> really fun, you know? I was and then, yeah. great. Yeah, no, it's just great, you know? 
seeing the beginnings of that, you know? Yeah, yeah. But he's sadly missed for sure. Yeah, yeah. Good guy. What a what yeah. a warm. I tell you, he was a guy. Like I, I do a bunch of you know corporate events too, and you know how these corporate events go. You go, you do your thing, and a lot of them are drunks or whatever. You know what I mean? You just gotta stay back. He said, he goes, who are your sponsors? Who are you guys paying the bill here? I said, well, those guys there, those guys. Come on, let's go out in the audience and go schmooze them. Uh, I'm like, Eddie, you kidding me? And this is when his commercial just came out for the insurance or when he's doing yeah, his yeah. TV stuff. Sure. Everybody knew him. It's just a just a wonderful, wonderful person. Always a joke, you know. He he opened for REO a, a lot, you know, uh, back in the 2000s or something, you know. And, and he'd come up to me. He goes, "Hey, Dave, hey, Dave, I used to, you know, I used to play this all these gigs, you know, for the chicks. I love the chicks. I used to play it for. Now I do it for living room furniture. Hey, good show. I didn't go out." <laughs> That's funny. I could see him yeah. say that. I could see him say yeah, right. that. I know, yeah. We were yeah. driving. We are doing another event in uh, at the uh, in Miami, Orlando. We're driving down. He goes, stop the car. He goes, I want that. It was like Popeye's chicken. So he made me drive through the drive-thru the wrong way. So he came <laughs> by the window. He was in the passenger side. And we're... <laughs> Face to face with the cars in the drive-thru, but he's all they're saying. I'm, he's going, "Hey, look, I'm any money. You got any chicken for me?" So they kept throwing all this chicken in the car. People are facing us. We're we're holding up traffic the whole time. He ate like a monster. Chicken all over him. Was unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Sounds like they, me at White Castle. <laughs> oh, I just oh, White Castle. <laughs> I, bought, I bought White Castle in the produce department of the store. And I ate two of them yesterday. Ooh. I, had them in, I had them in the fridge for two months, and I got. I'm going to have they the last couple forever. of White Castle. <laughs> right. They were frozen. They were frozen. Hey, is there is there a White Castle up in Ventura or something? No, no. Uh, I want to go to the Midwest no. and back. It's East. In and Out Burger. Yeah, right. In and Out Burger. Yeah. That's it. They did have they did have a few White Castles. I don't know. It's maybe the late '70s in mm. LA. There was like one uh -huh. or two. You remember yeah. that? Yeah. They, did, oh, yeah. they got they got them in Vegas. They got one in Vegas. Yeah, they got one in the hotel in Vegas, mm. if I remember right. Oh. Yeah. They, uh, they were the first chain. They were the first hamburger chain. Those crazy. Tell them, tell them uh, what Ozzy did with them. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> uh oh. Oh yeah. We, we went off of a White Castle burger. No, we no, we went we went to uh, we played Nassau Coliseum. So me and Ozzy were the last ones to leave. We were in the limo together. So we drive, goes, hey, call me bloody hungry, mate. Is there anywhere to eat? You know, we're coming down for 495, and I'm thinking, where are you going to eat? It's like 1 in the morning. I said, Oz, there's this place called White Castles. You want to go in there? <laughs> and he goes, what are you? He goes, hamburgers, the little hamburgers. They're good. He goes, okay. So we pull into White Castle with a limo, right? I get out. I got hair like this. I got a black fur coat on. It's winter. Ozzy's got a mink coat on, and his hair is all streaked and everything. We walk into White Castle, the whole place turns around. We get out of a limo. We walk into White Castle, the whole place turns around, looks at us. We order our White Castle, take it in the car, we eat it, and he loves it. Two nights later, we're playing the garden. I go backstage, the whole place is catered with White Castle. <laughs> <laughs> he loved it. It was awesome, man. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> That's a good one. You said, uh, uh, you said that Eddie uh, opened for you. I mean, 
you know, uh, uh, so many of the shows that uh, Ario has done has been packages with so many other bands. Is, is there a, like a, a like a certain band you guys are like <laughs> the the the, uh, um, the fraternal aspect of the brotherhood of all these bands is out there? But is there one particular band you guys are like? Yeah, us and Sticks. Oh, yeah. We've been doing uh, you know package deals with Sticks uh, and Ario for since two thousand. We started. Ah, wow, that's a good. That's a good show. Yeah, yeah. And we, we do it. We do it like every, you know, it seemed that every two or three years, and we thought we would wear it up, but then just the promoters go and the people just come, you know, with the songs, and then you know we, we put somebody else together. Like we had the last time we did it was uh, uh, us Sticks and, and Don Felder. Don See. Felder opened the show, and it's just wow, all hits. You what know? is that? About eighty hits. I mean, yeah. what is that? It's a four-hour show. Yeah, it's all yeah. I get to to go up. I had to go up there. Had to, not had to. He invited me up to do Hotel California for like 50 shows. I played, I played the Joe Walsh parts in Hotel California. That was amazing. That's his signature song he wrote. I mean, he he wanted me to play it with them. Like, really? You sure? That's a trophy right there, Dave. That's a trophy. I was like, you know, I love Don Feller. He's amazing. He's a great storyteller too, you know, and, uh, and he's not sour. I mean, maybe he's off, you know, but in <clears throat> the show, he's very much pro the whole Eagles, the whole transition. It's just a very positive experience with Don. He's, he's my friend here now, and I, I love the guy. He, he's just, uh, just allowed me That's to awesome. do that. The highlight of my whole, whole career, playing Hotel California with him like 50 times, 50 shows. No kidding. My gosh, what a trophy. So, Dave, um, you know, Misfits, uh, Slayer, Mosh Pit, all kind of the same kind of <laughs> words there. Is there ever a time when you were sitting back there um, behind the drums and you're seeing something happen in front of you, you're like, holy crap, this is really going to be dangerous? Uh, well, <laughs> it probably, it probably there were a couple shit. times. There were holy a couple shit. times. The Felt Forum uh, in in New York City, uh, yeah. the Slayer played there. I believe it might have been eighty eight or eighty nine. Well, the fans started to rip the cushions out of the seats oh. and started throwing them. And wow. next thing you know, everyone was throwing seat cushions and ripping them out oh. and and just destroying the venue. Oh, and um, you know that was. That was insane because not only did I see these seat cushions, but uh, the foam particles and oh, the right. dust was yeah. just thickening the, the air in the room. And uh, that was pretty intense. And there was another time Slayer played, I believe, 86. We had wow. just released Rain and Blood, and we were playing the Hollywood Palladium in, in Los Angeles. And there were... Um, these mosh pits from my view there was the huge mosh pitch mosh pit in the uh in the middle but then there were two other ones you know further out and from my view my perspective it looked like mickey mouse you know you got the big round face <laughs> and then the two ears up on top going like this <laughs> you know that was that was that was striking i, I was just like wow but you know, danger? Eh, not really. Uh, I, I, mean, I got a danger story. If you want to hear <laughs> tell it. me, tell me. 
That's with Jeff Beck, BBA. You know, we used to travel with two American flags and a British flag. So we're in Hanover, Germany, 1973. And we had the flags up. After the second song, it started saying, take the flags down. Right? You know, it was a very political city. And we, so Jeff said, we're not going to take the flags down. It represents us. And, you know, if you guys keep doing that, we're just going to leave. So somebody throws a bottle at the stage. That was the end. So we left. There was so many bottles thrown at the stage. Oh, my gosh. Glass that thick on the stage. And then I saw one guy throw a bottle, and it flung, it broke, and stuck into my shell on my tom-tom. Oh, wow. And I, got, and I had one of these big Afghan coats on. I got so pissed off, I picked up a bottle, and I threw it at the guy. And oh, my, really? roadie grabbed, my, my roadie grabs me on and says, get off the stage. Get out of here. <laughs> and if you look at the back of the BBA album, you'll see a piece of gaffer tape on my tom-tom. That's from the hole that the guy made with the bottle. Wow. wow. Well, call mine. As a surprise, we have that guy here today. <laughs> here he is. He's got one eye and half a nose, but let's bring him in. He's a proud Italian-American. Let's bring him on. Hey. Wheel him on. Wheel him on. Wheel him on in the chair. The show's getting too... This show's getting too funny, I gotta yeah, say. Well, I was talking to Dave uh, off camera here at uh, Lombardo. Which, which Dave? Lombardo. Okay. Uh, uh, it was just hey, Mr. Lombardo to you. Mr. Yeah. <laughs> Lombardo. Um, just prior to the Chicago Riot Fest reunion with Danzig and Jerry and everybody, um, uh, Jerry brought a, uh, I'm gonna say a version of the Misfits. He did a Misfits show at my place. And my places are 900 seats, you know? And I don't have a whole lot of thrash metal, I'll be honest with you. You know, It's the Eddie Money shows and that kind of thing, um, which is amazing. But they told me, I see Jerry said, you know, because I got to be really friendly with Jerry. And he said, you know, you got to have like a mosh pit. I'm like, mosh pit? I got 900 seats. We took out seats. And I'm telling you, I haven't had a whole lot of experience with mosh pits. The scariest thing about it, the girls were out of control moshing. Mm. Unbelievable. Throwing the guys in the air. It was unbelievable. <laughs> yep. wow. Yeah, they get into it. They do. Oh, washing girl. You know. Yeah. Wouldn't want to date one of those girls, that's for sure. Well, you no. certainly don't see a mosh, you don't you don't see a mosh pit at an REO show, right? No, I was gonna say no. 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 <laughs> no. no. Hey, you know, I, we talked about family a little bit before. Um, and you know, on this show we've talked about the I don't know what we call her, uh, a piche, a piece or apathy mom. We've talked about her recipes and stuff, but we haven't heard, heard a lot about your dad. Uh, what was uh, your relationship? What was was he really influential in your music, uh, you guys? No. Well, he he, <laughs> hey, next question. he drove you he drove you to gigs when you was yeah I, yeah yeah I was gonna say he drove you around in the car and he always his claim to fame was he played sax for about three minutes. <laughs> right. You know what? But he was a good he was a good dad. I mean, he worked. He was a great dad. Off. Yeah. 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 He never complained and uh, he didn't even say curse words like yeah. me. And he used I don't to, say them either. He used to be a cop at one point, and I remember him practicing with his empty gun and shooting on the wall. You know, wow. Vinny was probably too young for that. But then we used to go that. to Coney Island and we'd get free ice cream and free uh, rides okay. and free free hamburgers at Nathan's and stuff, you know, because wow. he was a cop. There was a cop there. But he was easy going, hard worker. He he really <coughs> taught us the whole family 
be hard worker and my mother you know save your money and all that money. yeah save your money make sure you you don't piss it away kind of thing and and, come, and pretty much on. the whole family's done good you know come on. Who, who's more supportive your dad or your mom what's that who is more supportive in music with you oh, my, mo my mother my mother, mother. yeah <clears throat> my, my mother she used to sing and all that my mother had she had a a, t a pad, remember the pad, Vinny? Vin Mary, Mary's my name. Rock and roll's my game. She had a, she had a pad like that. Wow. But you know, you know what's funny though. When when I was, I might have told the story. When I was young, I got out of high school and I was playing. I was playing gigs and you know weddings, all kinds of stuff. And then I went to work. You know, I didn't go to college. I went to work. I, I come home after work and all week, get up six in the morning, take the train at seven, get there at eight, come back at seven. I get a paycheck, forty-five dollars <laughs> after taxes. So, so then I would play on the weekend, and then make hundred fifty or two hundred bucks on the weekend. Right. So finally, after I got fired from two gigs of the day gigs, because I would be sleeping the next day after a gig the night before, I went up to my father and said, "Hey, pop, look, what would you do? Work all week and make forty-five dollars, or work on the weekend?" I took out $200 or make $200 cash. He said, I think the weekend. I said, thank you. I just quit my job. I'm doing music for the rest of my life. So that was, that was it. That was the turning point. 1960, that was 1964. I haven't had a day job since then. Wow. There you go. Wow. You have a positive effect on your career. Here's a That's classic awesome. mom, mom story. When I was 16, I hooked up with john lennon my my band at the record plant studio oh, yeah. to say that he used to, hang, he used to hang out with us and we did hand claps on whatever gets you through the night we did three videos with him and actually we wound up doing his last live appearance that was on tv and i was like 16. so i used to sit there and we're talking we're talking about italian food and i tell john i go yeah you know my mother my grandmother's italian they make the lasagna and all this stuff. I said, you know what? I'll have them make you a pan of lasagna. He said, okay. So a couple of days later, I bring him in a pan of lasagna. I give it to him and he takes it away. And then uh, about a month later, come on. Yeah, maybe, maybe a couple of months later, I'm playing the garden a few nights with Rod Stewart. And we had a party after the fifth night at the garden or something. We had a party at one of the trendy places. And John came with, I don't know, it was probably, I don't know if it was Yoko, May Pang or whatever. So my, my mother's at the party with my father. So my mother goes, hey, you know, I made lasagna for John Lennon. Is that him over there? Yeah. Because, well, I never found out if he liked it. I said, oh, well, let's go see him. And I met John that afternoon with Rod and everything. So I go up and I said, hey, John, it's my, my mother, Mary and Charlie, you know, Vinny's mother. And uh, she said she made you some lasagna. So my mother said, yeah, I made lasagna, John. How was it? He goes, oh, Mrs. Apathy, it was delicious. So my mother says, could I have my pan back? <laughs> <laughs> so Italian. That's so Italian. But we don't know where the pan is to this day. To we this day. Yoko has it. Oh. Yoko has it for sure. We got a further mm -hmm. investigation going on. <laughs> well, that's why uh, so many Beatles fans hate Yoko, because of the pan incident. The pan. There you go. And they think... Pan broke up the Beatles too. Well, no, <laughs> no, that was my pan that messed that up. All right, enough of that. Uh, <laughs> that was terrible. Uh, Thirty-seven weeks. I will say that was my worst one. Hey, um, was. We're gonna we're gonna wind it down, but we do have uh, we usually wind it down with a question from the audience to both Daves. Okay. Hey, forget about it, Dave. 
Forget about it. Forget about what's, it. What's that from? What's that from? Forget about it, Dave. What's, what's that from? Famous video. Oh. Forget about it, Dave. Mm. Oh, so, forget about David Lee Roth. Yes, no? thank you. Oh, David Lee Roth. Yeah. That was your question. No, our question okay. is, <laughs> if you, either one of you guys, uh, if, if or both of you guys, uh, um, if you were to cover a Beatles tune, what would it be if you had to select it today? Oh, man. Tough question. Uh, <laughs> wow. You Not know fun. what? I, off the top of my head, Helter Skelter. Wow. Of That's course. Yeah. Of course. Because it's, it's, it's the darker one, man. Because it's, you got the black one behind. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. a good one. I did, I did once uh, Day Tripper, and I added double bass to it. Wow. kind of cool. Yeah. 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 So that, yeah, those we, are my we, two, probably we, Helter we Skelter did, and Day Trip. We did You Can't Do That with Vanilla Fudge. But oh, the first great. time we did Ticket to Ride and Elna Rigby. But what would you do, ah. Mr. Amato? Mr. Amato. Uh, drive my car. Ah, nice. Nice. I played Cowbell with Blue Eyes the Colt at Rock Really? I said, dude. Buck, can I play cowbell on this? So I got on stage with them, played cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a Don Felder trophy right there. Yeah, I had to do that. So. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us this week. This is Artists on Lockdown, hanging and banging. We're every Thursday yeah. get together with the biggest guys and ladies of rock and roll. Dave Lombardo, Dave Amato, Dave Apice, Dave Apice, Apice. <laughs> Dave Anesti. Dave Onesti and his jacket. Yeah. Come on! Yeah. <laughs> Thank Love you guys, guys for coming. Me. We had we had a good time. Thank you guys. Next week. Yeah. Right. Next week. Dave. Yeah. Everybody. Who's on next week? Who's on next week? Uh, I don't remember. Now. I know. I know who's on. You next know. Week. We got all. It's a. It's a radio show. Oh, that's We got, that's we, we got uh, Steve Jones used to play with the. Uh, Sex Pistols, who's on KLOS, yeah. and we got uh, Ken Ken Dash uh, Ken Dashow from Q104 in New York, and we got Joe Benson from KLOS, who so we all know oh, yeah. Joe Benson. Yeah. Yeah. Uncle so, I thought Uncle Brucey was going to be part of this. Uh, maybe Brucey. maybe on maybe on the next one for Cousin Brucey. Cousin Brucey. Cousin Brucey. Uncle Ted. Uncle Ted. Uncle Ted. Cousin Brucey. Cousin Brucey. Take that jacket off. Have a safe week. Have a healthy week. God bless you all. Yes. Thanks for joining yeah. in. Hanging and banging. Nice, Thank you, guys. Get out. Bye, guys. Thanks, guys. Ciao. 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 It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.